Today on the show, I'm going to talk about conscious relationships. Please continue to support the podcast by rating and reviewing it on iTunes and also sharing it with a friend. If you know someone that you think would enjoy the podcast, please share it with them. Help me spread the word. You can also support the podcast by making a donation. Typically, I travel around giving workshops and charging a fee for this. Here I am providing this content to you for free. All I ask is that you make a contribution to help support the podcast. It could be the price of a yoga class. It could be more. Whatever you feel that you've received from this podcast. You can give in any currency, including Bitcoin, to help keep me out of the system. Go to thestoryofmepodcast.com and on the contact page there's a donate button and help support this program. You can also find this link in the episode description. I'm here with Sharon Dev Singh of the Belgium Federation of Kundalini Yoga, who is also the organizer of the Belgium Kundalini Yoga Festival for 2022, the second year. And I uh, had such a great time in the first year. We did a one-day festival. Now you're doing two days. Yes, Satnam Amajit. Nice talking to you. Yes, we have this year a two-year festival. Actually, we even start on Friday evening uh, until Sunday afternoon. And uh, since last year was that huge success, and we got also questions from the Sangat to organize a two-day festival, and that's uh, what we're doing this year. And can you tell us about the location? Because it's a different location. Yeah. The last one was a beautiful place. How is this Yeah, one? last year was more in the south of Belgium. So for people traveling from the north of Belgium, it was uh, kind of far. But now we have um, a site more localized in the center of Belgium. Yeah? And it's a very beautiful site, uh, Koningstein, which is uh, less than 40 minutes from Brussels and from Antwerp. So quite in the center of Belgium. And how close is it to, say, uh, the Netherlands, if someone wants to come from Amsterdam, or, or how, how far is it? That's a two-hour drive uh, from Amsterdam. Yeah. A two-hour yeah. drive. Now, how is the lodging uh, situation? Can p- people camp out? Can people get a yes, room? Yes, we have a different, uh, different uh, options. So we have uh, rooms, we have a campsite, and we even now have a site for campers. So whether you're camping, sleeping, and want to sleep in a room, or just in a tent, uh, or in your camper or mobile home, you're all welcome. Okay, and, and so what is the, besides it being uh, three days or two and a half days or two and a quarter mm-hmm. days compared to last time, what are the differences? Is it, uh, do you have different uh, musicians coming, different workshops? Well, obviously, we learned a bit from last year because this was our first time that we had this festival. And we all were kind of newcomers in organizing a festival. So the lessons learned we had that we didn't uh, fully st- uh, store the program too full like we did last year because people said, yeah, we have to run from one workshop to the other. So we have more space between the workshops. Uh, we still have a Saturday. We have a Saturday on a, uh, Saturday and Sunday morning. We start at 5.30 in the morning. Then in the morning, both days, we have some workshops. Uh, we have a lunch, uh, afternoon again on Saturday workshops. Then we have the all-camp yoga class, uh, which will be hosted this year by Hare Krishna. Last year you did it, Amarjit, which you did a great job. Yes. This year we have Hare Krishna Singh from the Netherlands who will be hosting the uh, all-camp yoga class. Then we have our lunch, uh, sorry, our dinner, and then we'll end with a healing circle, 
uh, evening concert. And uh, yeah, it will be a nice program. And on, on Sunday again, we have a Sadhana workshop, uh, a lunch, uh, and then we end around 3, uh, 3.30 in the afternoon. So for people coming, they can either sleep there in a tent or they can get they can uh, request a room yes. or they can bring their camper van yes. and uh, and they can get a ticket for the whole festival or for one day. We have, How does uh, this work? Weekend tickets and we also have a daily passes for Saturday. So uh, if you have a weekend ticket, uh, you are welcome as from 5 p.m. on Friday in the afternoon. And then you can mm-hmm. settle down. We have a nice uh, evening concert also on Friday uh, evening. Uh, if you choose for a day pass, then you are welcome as from uh, Saturday morning and, and Saturday evening at uh, after the concert. And, and what musicians do you have for the the concert on Friday evening yeah, or the other we evening? Have, uh, we have Carter Pork uh, together okay. with Mantra Amrita, uh, Carter Pork from Germany, who's also uh, member of the German uh, Kondinova Federation. He will be hosting the Friday evening concerts together with um, uh, Mantra Amrita. Yeah. And, and most of these workshops and concerts are outdoors or are they indoors? Or is it mixed? We're in Belgium, Amarjit, so you always have to have a plan B. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, if uh, the weather is like last year, we had an amazing nice weather last year. So if it's the same, then we have all the workshops outside. Uh, okay. But we have a big tent where we can host the all-camp yoga class and sadhana because last year also the room that we had was a bit uh, too small. We uh, mm-hmm. underestimated the number of people who would join for sadhana. Uh, mm-hmm. But if the weather is bad, if it's rainy, then we have uh, five nice rooms where we can host all the workshops. Mm-hmm. So And also for dinner and lunchtime, that can be inside or outside, but... We uh, hope for a a very nice weather like last year, so then we can have everything outside. I know my workshop is going to be in English. (laughs) How about Mm -hmm. the others? Are they in what language will will the workshops be in? We have uh, teachers teaching in uh, both Dutch, uh, French and or English. And we also will foresee uh, translates for people who doesn't. Uh, we don't speak the language. Of- okay, so it doesn't matter if you don't speak anything no. but English like me. You can still attend a, yeah. a workshop and there will be translation or, or you'll you'll understand Correct. it. They'll teach in English. Yeah. All yeah. right. And, and- We're a multilingual uh, <laughs> environment in Sangat in Belgium. So as you know, we speak already three languages ourselves, uh, which is Dutch, uh, French and German. Uh-huh. So uh, and English is no issue. So but... Uh, we have translators foreseen uh, as a save at us uh, to cope with uh, people who don't speak. Yeah, language. we were lucky last time the weather was beautiful. It, it was like a perfect mm-hmm. summer day, and hopefully the weather will be the same this time. I, I think it will. And it was a really nice yeah. green place, so there's a lot of trees and, and greenery around where we're going to be. Yeah, yeah, this is even uh, even better than last year, I think, because we have very much... Uh, possibility to have cozy sites, people can connect. Uh, so the campsite is even bigger than last year in total. So uh, yeah, um, we're looking forward to uh, to welcome a lot of uh, our yogis this year. Since it's going to be uh, an overnight or a few day uh, festival, you're going to have a healing area. Yes, correct. 
we have uh, we have uh, we have a bazaar. We will have a healing area, and we also will have a healing circle uh, after uh, dinner time on Saturday. Yeah. So, if there's people who are interested in in participating through offering healing or offering something in the bazaar, they can contact uh, the federation. Yes. Uh, and what what is yes. the website for them to get information to purchase tickets? You just uh, put in your uh, browser Belgian Kundalini Yoga Festival, and I will uh, uh, find uh, the place where is all the information. And um, uh, or you will send an, uh, an email to festival at kundaliniyoga.be or at info at kundaliniyoga.be. Those e- uh, emails are connected. So... Uh, there's no hurdle. <laughs> All right, to and I'll put, I'll put a link to the website and the email address in the episode description, yeah. so people will be able to see this. Perfect. And I'm looking forward to it. I had a, a really good time at last year's festival, even though I, I I taught the festival with COVID and didn't know it until the next day. <laughs> uh, but I still yeah. I still really yeah. enjoyed it, and and uh, no one even caught it from me, so I wasn't contagious somehow, which was uh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Even we, because you stayed at our place, we were even contagious. Yeah, so, uh, it was amazing. Yeah, but it was such a it. such a nice time. Yeah. The Sangat was a really nice, relaxed community, and so I enjoyed it. So I'm coming back for this year to teach, and I look forward to seeing everyone there again. And, uh, yeah, I hope it continues to grow each year. And uh, I think yeah. this is one thing that I, I've noticed, at least for myself, and, and I'm guessing from most people is after the past two years, it's really nice to be in a group setting. And yes. And he also will host the bazaar. Yeah. uh, yeah. And, uh, but it's really nice. I think for people after being, you know, kind of locked up for the past two years, or at least not participating in big group events, it's nice to be with groups of like-minded people and, and to just be together. I think this is a really nice thing that maybe if you would have asked me uh, three years ago how important this was for me, I I would say maybe not not that important. But after the past two years, you realize that it's a really big part of life, of of really being in a community. Mm -hmm. You know, we go from our work day, going from work to home, then back to work again. And it's nice to take the time out to just be with people and, and relax, enjoy the connection. Yeah, that's what Sangat's about. Eh? Yeah. So I, I look forward to seeing you, your family, and everyone else in Belgium. And this is uh, September 9th, 10th, and the 11th. I will put the Correct. link to the website and the email so you can purchase your tickets or get more information. And uh, I look forward to seeing everyone there. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Satna Mamaji. Thank you for uh, having this conversation. And uh, I'm, uh, I will, will be seeing you uh, in a month. Okay? Yes. All right. Satnam. Satnam. Okay. Let's get to today's episode. Beautiful am I. Bountiful am I. Blissful am I. Welcome to the show. For new listeners, my name is Amarjit Singh, and I am your host 
For old listeners, welcome back. It's good to have everyone here again. I hope you all are doing well. I took the past two weeks off between traveling and going to festivals and uh, had a lovely time at the European Kundalini Yoga Festival, seeing many of you out there. And yeah, it was really the first time getting back into the yoga festival scene after this two-year hiatus where we all went through. And it really got me thinking about relationships. I think this is one thing that uh, really the past couple years have focused my attention on is really the value and the time that you give to relationships when you're forced to be separated from people and you start to understand that maybe the relationships were more important than I was thinking uh, about them in the past. Maybe I, I need to approach the way I relate to people in a different way. And I think from talking to many people that they experienced something similar over the past couple of years. And so maybe out of the turmoil or, or the craziness that's going on, there's some positivity that's coming out of it. People finding better ways or putting more value into how they relate, how they spend their time. And so it got me to thinking about all these relationships. Then also coming from the Kundalini Yoga Festival, where yeah, normally I'm there, I'm teaching, I'm giving consultations, I'm in the bazaar selling the flutes, and it's easy to just get involved in what I'm doing and not really think about enjoying my time there because I'm so busy. But this time I was able to really enjoy the interactions at a much deeper level for me. Uh, maybe it was the attention I was giving to them because I had felt neglected from this over the past few years and, and gave it more importance. And I want to know how you have come out of this time period of, of our, our culture, how this changed the way you are relating to people. Did it help it? Did it hurt it? Yeah, I'd love to hear from you, to hear your perspective on the changes in your life because of this as far as relationships go. And uh, yeah, so I'm continuing to do these festivals. I got a couple more happening. I will be at the Experience Festival in Germany uh, starting on Tuesday when this comes out be there and also then the Belgium Kundalini Yoga Festival in September which you heard the uh, discussion about this. So in this mindset today what I wanted to talk about is maybe this idea of conscious relationships because you hear this term thrown out quite frequently and you know what does this mean to have a conscious relationship? And so it got me to thinking about, again, my experiences over the past several years and, and through counseling people, how I've seen and helped people understand how they're relating to the people in their life. And when we talk about relationships, of course, 
We talk about the relationship that you have with yourself because this is the foundation for every relationship in your life. Whether it's a partner, whether it's a professional relationship, uh, whether it is just your friends or family. And what happens is, based on our karma and our life experiences, we project aspects of these experiences or our fears from these experiences or our expectations because of these experiences onto the current situations in life, and it affects us. Uh, I remember when I finished with my first degree in college and went to work on Wall Street in New York. And here I am coming from a a family where no one really went to college, uh, or for that matter, I think one of the parents didn't finish high school. And so education was not really an important aspect of my upbringing. And, you know, my parents were blue-collar workers. and, And so you have this kind of different perspective or this different self-image based on how you grew up and the environment you grew up in. And when I went to New York and worked on Wall Street, all these people went to the top schools in, in the country. They went to Harvard, Yale, and not just that they went to these colleges, but their parents went to them and they went to boarding school. And when they talked, it sounded like uh, the flowers were coming out of their mouth compared to the way I spoke at the time. And I understood somewhat in in retrospect, looking back on this, but also some moments in the moment I I was able to become conscious of my projections onto the relationships at work where, you know, my insecurities from not growing up in this environment and these people uh, being, I guess you could say, bred for this life. I was uh, very insecure. And so you would see how my insecurities or how my uh, understanding of my own capacity would affect the interactions. And, you know, slowly I was able to overcome this and to recognize many of these projections I had and to withdraw them. And and then in my next positions and my next jobs, I have better relationships because then I understood that this image I had of myself was an image that was affecting how I communicated, how I interacted, and what I expected from the relationships, right? Because when you're insecure, then you demand to be respected. You demand, and it's just a compensation because of this fear, this fear that maybe you're not good enough. Maybe you're not qualified. Maybe that there is something missing from you. And not just in the professional relationships. We do this in all our relationships. We do this uh, with our partners or with our friends. So now coming back to this idea of conscious relationships, what does this mean? Does this mean that I have to have all my habit patterns and my karma corrected or or fixed so that I have no problems in my life to have a conscious relationship? What does this mean? And really, it doesn't mean that you have dealt with all your karma. What it really means is that you are open to creating the space and that the people that you interact with are also available and able to open the space. And one of the big 
obstacles, or probably the biggest obstacle to this, is really not being available emotionally or, or even physically. A lot of people have long distance relationships because maybe it's more comfortable for them. They're not put into this this uh, hot seat of having to relate to a person every day or, or whatever it may be. But if you look at many of your relationships, I know I can look at many of mine, and you want to understand your habit patterns. And sometimes it's difficult to see your habit patterns because you've lived with them for so long that you just think it's aspects of your personality. But when you speak to this new person that you met or this new person that you're dating and you start to ask them about their past relationships, you can start to see your habit patterns reflected in them. Meaning that if they start talking about several of their past partners and you start to understand, well, they were dating people who weren't emotionally available. Well, guess what? Unless this person has fixed this habit pattern that is attracting them to this type of person, you are that person. And this was a way for me to really become conscious of this habit pattern of maybe I'm not emotionally present in these relationships. Look at this, the last uh, two or three girls that I dated all had issues with this in their past relationships. And guess what? Maybe I am the continuation of this habit pattern for them because I am not available. And so then you start to work on this, to learn to work on how do you become available? How do you become in the moment, be present, and this is learning how to communicate your feelings in the moment, in the right way, and giving the space for them. Because really, what is a healthy relationship but a space where this person can express how they feel without judgment, without being condemned, without being attacked, and also then you hearing them, being heard with them expressing how they feel, but then also having their partner be able to express how they feel in the moment with nice language that isn't accusatory or, or judgmental. And so if this is the type of relationship that is a healthy relationship, well, how do you find this? In the beginning, again, all the, the starting point with all your relationships is the relationship with yourself. And so if you want to have a relationship with someone who is open to share and who's also receptive to sharing, you have to become this person. This is the only way you're going to be able to have a healthy relationship is to be the type of person that you want to have a relationship with. And it sounds simple, but if you start to think about this, it does create the space for you to start to see some habit patterns that maybe you're not facing. You know, if you have particular habits and you say, well, what if the person that I was dating had these habits and projected them on me? How would I feel? And if I don't think this is a nice thing, then what would be nice in this situation? And how do I give this to this person? And that leads us to the other thing is what, what we try to do is we superimpose expectations on our relationships, whether it's professional relationships or, or personal relationships, 
we project our, our expectations on them. And when they're not met, we get angry. And we say, well, this person doesn't love me, or this boss doesn't appreciate me, or this. But really, it's because we put these expectations, and maybe these expectations were based on our own karma or based on our own habit patterns that we're really just feeding the the ego. Maybe we needed that boss to tell us how great of a job we're doing every day. And so we have this expectation, well, the boss isn't telling me how good I'm doing. They're not a good boss. They don't like me. But maybe this is your projection because you have this expectation to feed this insecurity. And this is what we do because we have these false ideas of who we think we are. And then we want to be treated a particular way based on this idea. And so to see these habit patterns, it's important to see how you're projecting these expectations on all your relationships. And we do this especially with our partners. And this is why there are so many difficulties in having relationships, intimate relationships, is because we enter these relationships with expectation and demands. And you can think of it this way. Imagine you say, well, I love this person and they didn't love me back, or I, uh, this person didn't show me this or didn't. And, and we start to project all these things that we're not getting or that we got and we didn't want from these relationships. And why do we do this? Well, a big part of this is because of the way we look at love. We think, well, I gave this person a lot of love, and now I'm taking this love away from them. I don't love them anymore. And this is one of the, the beginning aspects of, of understanding what is love and how do we have this relationship with the self through this love. And we look at where we come from. We are the creative manifestation of the creator. We are creativity, and creativity and love are synonymous. There's no difference between creativity and love. So we are this creative consciousness. We are love. And what is this creative consciousness? The purpose of this is to express itself, whether it's through uh, art or through speaking or through doing whatever it is, but it is expressing this idea of love. And what restricts this expression is the resistance to the self. All this judgment we have to the self prevents us from being authentic, prevents us from communicating our true self. Because there's things that we don't want people to know about us, and so we hide them. And then we don't understand, well, why doesn't this person understand me? Or why don't I feel close to this person? And it's because you're not giving them all the information and you're trying to get them to make a decision without this of who you are and how to connect to you. And this is why you get this feeling of missing something, where you feel that we're close, but it's just not as close. I'm missing this intimacy. And what is intimacy? But it is sharing of the self. You can learn everything you want about someone, but this is not intimacy. Even if they're telling you the most intimate things about them, intimacy is in sharing. Once you share things about yourself, you feel more vulnerable, more open. This is where intimacy comes from. But we have all these fears, all these 
inhibitions because we are trying to hide aspects of ourself. And a good exercise with this is to ask yourself, what is it that you're afraid people would know about you? And if they knew this about you, what would they do? What would they think? And then try to find a way to bridge that gap of hiding this information or hiding this aspect of yourself and look at what is the self-judgment that you have for this part of you. Because in, a, in order to be whole, you have to accept all of you. And if you're thinking that your love is fluctuating, what you're really doing is you're confusing love with an emotion. Emotions fluctuate. Love is your, who you are. And it's this consciousness, it's this creative consciousness, it doesn't change. And you need to learn how to be open to this love. Because, like I said, you are the creative manifestation of the creator. And this creator is love. Your capacity to accept what he created, you, is what we call self-love. And once you have the self-love, then you take away all these projections. And you think about this. Imagine that your heart is a, a glass. And it's sitting on the ground in front of you. And you fill it up with water maybe three quarters of the way. And this water represents the self-love you have for yourself. But since you don't accept everything about yourself, you have about a quarter of this glass empty. And then what you do is you try to fill it. You try to fill it with experiences. We get intoxicated through drugs or alcohol or, or uh, adrenaline experiences or overeating or whatever it is. We try to fill the, this, this glass. And we look for relationships. We go through physical relationships just to try to feel better about ourselves or we impose our relationships onto other people so they fill this aspect of our glass. And when we don't get that feedback that fills that empty part of our, our glass, we then have this internal confrontation of, I'm not feeling satisfied in this relationship. It's not good enough for me. This person isn't loving me the way I want to be loved. And really what it is, is it's this idea of trying to fill the void of the self-love with expectation and demands. So now imagine the proper way to do this is that your glass is just overflowing. And this is this self-love is just overflowing from the self. And so there are no expectations in your relationships because your glass is already filled. And this is really the proper way to love. And instead of giving love, what you do is you share it. You don't give or accept love, you share it. You're open to it. You allow it to penetrate the depths of your being by being vulnerable. When you're closed and guarded, you're closing yourself off to love. And this is a habit pattern that is quite common. In fact, is one that I have struggled with in my past is that it's difficult based on your karma or your, your childhood is to accept love, to be open to it, to allow people to love you. And so this is something that you can work on to have this conscious relationship, to have a partner 
who is aware of this. Like I said, a conscious relationship isn't one that's perfect, but it's one that the space is open with people who are willing to facilitate this process of intimacy, of learning how to take away these projections, how to overcome these habit patterns so that you can relate in a more authentic way. And so another way to improve is to look at the relationships with the parents, right? From the mother, we learn how to relate emotionally, and through the father, we learn how to relate through our personal power. And so look at this in your relationship. How is this? Was the relationship that you had with your parents open enough to give you the space to present how you felt, or was it accepted, or was it pushed away? And how are you repeating these habit patterns in your current relationships? And so this is a good way to see some of these habit patterns, is to see how you're dealing with. And often, if we grow up in a household where maybe we weren't given the space to communicate how we felt, and maybe the parents were maybe a a little emotional or very stoic, one of the two, then we had to learn how to read the emotion in the parent to then present how we felt because maybe the feedback was out of proportion. And so then this prevents us from communicating how we feel based on that other person's emotion. We start to value the other person's emotions more than we value our own, and we surrender our own needs in these relationships. And so it's important to learn how to communicate in the moment, at the right time, at the right level, and and to be very clear. And so a good way to do this is to learn nonviolent communication. I had uh, Simran Carr on the podcast talking about nonviolent communication. The book is very good. It's something I think that's very important for people on how to communicate in relationships without judgment. Instead of saying, when you do this, I don't like it. How are you going to learn from this? But if instead you communicate by saying, okay, when you do this, it makes me feel you're not listening to me, or it makes me feel that you don't care, then we start to say, okay, what you're doing may be right or may be wrong. We're not judging on that. But this is my experience with it. And we start to understand, well, why is this my experience? And so it's a very good way to remove the judgment, to get deeper in understanding of these habit patterns. And this nonviolent communication, while it's designed to use to communicate to people in your life, it really is good about learning how to communicate with yourself to understand your habit patterns. To understand, okay, when I feel this way, what is this feeling trying to get me to do or not do? And how is this affecting my capacity to be authentic? How is this affecting my capacity to be open and vulnerable? Because this is the goal, is to be as open and vulnerable as possible. If you find yourself closing down, being guarded, uh, being separated, these are all positions of weakness. True, strong position is open and vulnerable. Then, when you're this way, you cannot be harmed. And then there is this openness, this love in your life, whether it's just with friends or partners or 
family members or people at work. But it's important to think about this. How are you relating to yourself? And then how is this relationship affecting your relationship to the people in your life? And what are you tolerating? What you tolerate is an indication of how you feel about yourself. And so look at how you're relating to people and what you tolerate from other people's behavior. And we tolerate bad situations, whether it's economic situations or partners or whatever it is. And you say, well, why am I tolerating this? If I was a healthy person uh, emotionally or mentally, would I tolerate this? And if not, then why am I tolerating this? And if you look at all this and think about this, this is the way you expand your consciousness in relationships, how to have an open and conscious relationship. And I think this is going to be the theme for the next few years for many people, because the more open and conscious we can be in relating, the more we can see past this illusion of not just the illusion of society and and the propaganda, but the illusion of the self, the stories that we tell ourselves to try to appease these feelings of inadequacy. So picture that little child and what that child wanted when they were growing up, to be accepted, to be heard, to be hugged, and do that to yourself and feel grounded, feel comfortable, feel open, feel heard so that you can express yourself in an open and loving way and communicate consciously. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast and get 10% off. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the program. Again, please support the program by sharing it with a friend, going to the podcast website, thestoryofmepodcast.com, making a donation. You can also see the link in the episode description. Support the podcast. I have some good guests coming soon. And stay tuned for those. Okay, until the next time, from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding... 
allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions.